Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Outer Realm here on United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 FM from the Gulf Coast and 107.7 FM from beautiful New Orleans. We're fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee who have been a part of our journey since the very beginning. So thank you, Folgers. We appreciate you so very much. Also, big thank you to Justice Snicker, a.k.a. Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, uh, for his contribution of his time, his music, and his voice for the intro that you just heard. He is an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, which can be found on all of your favorite music streaming platforms. Also, big thank you to Steve McGinnis, the artist behind the banners and logos here at the show. Check him out on Facebook and Instagram also specializes in the horror genre, but can do some fantastic commission pieces, books, novels, things of that nature. So check him out. Tonight, we welcome for the very first time, Reverend John Polk. This is part one of at least a three-part show series. He is the go-to person for UFO, Paranormal, and Vortex Tours in Sedona. Tonight, he's going to be discussing UFOs in Sedona. He has sent over some really cool photos and a video to share with us. And he's going to be touching on two of his books, which are, I guess we can say, out of this world. So in order to participate in the show tonight, as you guys know, we've got seven chat rooms out of eight simultaneous different uh, locations that we are airing. Roku does not have a chat room. Um, so again, guys, super highway coming down to one lane. We will try to get to everyone and we do have to somewhat go in order and keep up with our guests, so to speak. So hello, Winnie. I can't get used to that picture. I'm just saying <laughs> hello, Dolly. I hope you are feeling better, Dolly. It's always nice to see you here for sure. And where's Zsun? Where are you? Where are you? Here we go. And here you are. Awesome. Hello. So again, remember, seven chat rooms, eight simultaneous destinations, no chat room on Roku. Um, be patient. You know, I try very hard to get to everybody. Hello, Doreen. Hello, hello. Hello. And our guest of honor is here after the amazing intro I just gave you. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Michelle. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Oh, my gosh. I'm really looking forward to it. Such a pleasure to have you on. Um, I know everybody has been hyping it up, too. So it's been been very exciting. I perused the website and thought, oh, my gosh, where are we going to start with everything? I'm glad we have at least you know, a three-part booking with you because I have a feeling it could just, it's one of those things that just can, can just keep going, isn't it? That's just, it never changes. 
Yeah. Oh man, I could give you volumes of material for months and months. Wow. Video, videos. I have, I have audio recordings of aliens. Um, I absolutely do. They've been um, researched by Stanford University through Tom Dongo, who helped make Bradshaw Ranch famous, who he's a personal friend of mine. Right. Lives, about, lives about 25 minutes from here. Right. Um, I have uh, Bradshaw Ranch Stargate footage that you can see on um, Beyond Skinwalker on the History Channel. Right, right. Yeah. Beyond Skinwalker, uh, season one, episode one, and season one, episode five is part two. And oh, that wow. Chronicles, yeah, it chronicles the history and the geographical and ethereal anomalies that are taking place out there also. But I have all that footage. I have some of the best footage that I've ever seen, and, right. it's, mine, and it's mine. <laughs> it's, Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> mine. <laughs> Squeeze <it's> all. Mine. <laughs> I know. Yes. I know. I just like the hee I know, right? Come, come <laughs> evil laugh. <laughs> Um, why don't we start off with humble beginnings just so people can get to know you? Um, I mean, why doesn't it just fall into, you know, this amazing position mm -hmm. that you have? And I don't even like to say job because it's a passion. I think it's just like you, when you love doing something so much, it just becomes a part of who you are. It's not something that you dread having to go out and do every day. So why don't you just take it from here? <laughs> I'll keep up. I promise. Okay, so, um, okay, so through a regression that I went through when I first moved to Sedona in 2017, mm -hmm. I had I had 20 p 20 plus professional clinical hypnotherapists, regression therapists try to work on me, and nobody could crack the code until I moved here to Sedona, and I meet this this uh, little old lady, real pretty pencils in her eyebrows. She's the most powerful spiritual healer I ever met in my entire life. Wow. And um, she was able to regress me. And my mother was pregnant with me for nine months plus five weeks. Wow. So over 10 months. And that's unheard of. They will, they will induce the labor because it's, it's a health issue for the fetus at that point. And then the same thing happened to my brother two and a half years later. Wow. And, what came, and what came out through the regression is that I'm just going to allege. So let me give my disclaimer. I don't know. You just go. Yeah. Here's my disclaimer is that a lot of the, a lot of material we're going to cover like right now, I can't prove to anybody. I can't even right. prove to myself, right. you know, as much really good footage as I have in my mind, it doesn't really prove anything. But that being said, at least I have it. At least right. I have something. You know, right. and I, I talk about Bible aliens and I talk about multiple dimensions, uh, string theory, quantum hologram matrix. And so a lot of what I'm going to tell you is is based on theory. So and that being said, so going back to getting regressed, her name is Thea Ivy. She still lives here in mm -hmm. Sedona. And the way that she explained it to me is that it's kind of like you go to an Airbnb and you go to the lockbox. And you have to know the code to open the box to get the key. And that's what she did to me, to my subconscious. So literally like, you know, messing with the code on the top of my crown chakra. So right. she figured out the right code to open up the box and then get the key. And then the key opened up my subconscious. And then I'm laying on the table and I'm like, I've been through this for years nothing's working next thing you know it starts to flow out of you and it's too it's 
hard to explain, but it's like you have two consciousnesses, consciousnesses working at the right. same time. So right. you hear yourself talking, but it's you, but it's not you. And right. so then your brain is thinking, wow, am I saying this stuff as it's pouring out of you? And what came right. out is that supposedly, according to this regression, that the Anunnaki visited my mother when she was pregnant with me and altered my DNA or added to it or something. They right. did something to it. And that's right. why I needed to neurologically cook for perhaps an extra five weeks to come to term with whatever they did to me. Right. Right. That's and, interesting. And then two and a half years later, the same thing happened to my brother. Right. So where, so where I got the spirituality, psychic abilities, spiritual healing, um, my brother, he got the brains and the bronze. So when he went to college, when he went to college, uh, they had them take this aptitude test and he scored higher than anybody in the 80 year history of the university. Wow. And then, and yeah. then he, was, he was a champion weightlifter being scouted by the Olympics when he was in high school. Wow. So I got the spirituality. He got the brains and the bronze. And I kind of think we were kind of like, you know, test tube experiments. Right, right. <laughs> Not a bad thing, though, considering because, I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. kind of a quick start to the evolutionary scale. Right. So I'm, I'm five years old and I was I was seeing spirits just like most children do. And most parents are like, oh, honey, you know, it's your imaginary friend. But in my mind. You know, maybe it is, but maybe there is something to it because spirits literally will enter children's dolls. Yeah. Stuffed animals because they want the love, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of what we think are ghosts are actually extra dimensional, extraterrestrials. It just absolutely don't have, a, have a physical form in this dimension. So mm -hmm. anyway, I, I'm seeing things and my mother, instead of her, you know, poo pooing it away, she's like, oh, honey, how about this? Let's play a little game. Don't tell me what you saw. Let's draw it or at least explain it to one another. So yeah. my mom's this prolific artist with oils and acrylics, and I'm using Crayola crayons. Right. And we, were, we were coming up with the same thing over and over. So to the point where mom groomed me since mm -hmm. I was five years old. And then she started pushing uh, psychic development books on me. So I'm five years old reading about how to develop my psychic abilities and tap into the Akashic record. I mean, mm -hmm. how many five years old, Five-year-olds get that kind of head start in life mm -hmm. as far as a life of spirituality. Right. And so that's where it all began. Right. I love that. I love that. So you fast forward in time and you end up in Sedona. I Yes, I do. So I used to do entertainment, not mm -hmm. for, not for, but by Disney and Universal on mm -hmm. and around their properties in Orlando, Florida mm -hmm. for over 20 years. I was a singer dancer and dj and right. i did that for a very long time and right. uh it was an incredible career i loved it uh right. but it ran its course and then just uh, my mother my mother got remarried remarried in sedona like eight years ago now right eight years in may and so that first brought me to sedona i'm thinking i think 2015 something like that yeah mm -hmm. 2000 15 she got remarried it was right. her dream to get remarried here so that was right. my first introduction so right. my brother my brother and i we fly in from florida we fly into sky harbor airport in phoenix we rent a car and we drive north to sedona which is about two hours mm -hmm. and as we got further north the cactuses got prettier the mountains got prettier and then yeah. you drive into the red rocks <laughs> the crystal city 
And it was like, wow, I'm from Florida. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. Right. And then and then I knew I'm like, I could actually live here. Had no clue at the time that I would actually move here. Right. Right. So a few years later, uh, my aunt and uncle had a house here. And my uncle was going through health problems. He was staying with my mom in Tallahassee, Florida. And my aunt was going through breast cancer and was at a wow. breast cancer clinic in right. Seattle, Washington. So right. my mom, my stepdad, and my uncle John, my mom's brother, they came down to Orlando to visit me. And we're just sitting on the couch talking. And my uncle John said, remember the house that I had in Sedona? I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. He said, did you know it's been sitting empty for six months? I'm like, no. No, I had no idea. He said, yeah. I, know, I know you're trying to sell your house. So if you want, you know, sell your house and then you can house it for me. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> Press you know, my arm. Okay. <laughs> no, right. I'm like, um, do you, wow. you, know, do you pay utilities? He's like, no, your family. I'm going to give you a laundry list of stuff to do. Right. Just, just do it. And, mm -hmm. and you can stay in the house. You know, I just want somebody to take care of the house. Sure. And so what did I do? I sold my house and fate would have it a month later on September 11th of all dates, 2017 hurricane Irma wrecked the old house. But it won my house. I sold it. I cashed oh, out. Wow. Cashed out after 15 Somebody years. wanted you to get right where you are right now. Unbelievable. And then I break up with my girlfriend after seven and a half years. That was very difficult to do because we were right. still very much in love with each other. Right. And then, uh, I quit my very lucrative entertainment career and I sold everything I could sell and I gave away the rest. And I literally packed everything that I could possibly fit in my truck. You know, I had not one stitch of furniture. It was all my decorations and clothes and electronics, all my sound systems and everything that I had. Right. Um, and I literally drove from Florida across the country to Sedona. And all of a sudden I had a free house for eight months, no bills. Wow. And because I was a DJ karaoke guy, I had the full sound system, cordless microphones, speakers you could interface computers through my soundboard and everything else so i was the logical option to MC all the major ufo conferences right. so like within one month i'm i'm emceeing not even one month but it yeah within a, a few weeks i'm emceeing right ufo conferences in sedona and i'm meeting all these people and i'm inviting them over to the house right. and they're like dude you suck do you know how expensive it is to live here and you get a free house for eight months? Do you know how lucky that you are? And I'm like, you know, yes. <laughs> I do. I do. Yes. Thank you, God. <laughs> Abundance. Yeah. yeah. And I was taught very quickly when I first moved here, a lot of people come here and go bankrupt. I don't care how much money you have, how smart you think you are. A lot of people will come here with just kind of, you know, intentions of making money off of this place using spirituality as a crutch and a platform no. for, for whatever selfishness. They and, don't go well together, do they? And the locals know it. We know it. Mm. And I can point out, and I point out on my day tours all the time, that property has a curse on it. That property has a curse on it. I can't prove the curse thing. What was happening through the Homestead Act of 1862, the government was giving away all the Native Americans' land, not just in Sedona, but all through the, the yeah. Southwest and the Western United States to pull the population west. So right. you get anywhere from 100 to 160 acres free, right? And so the shamans, where they did their ceremonies, 
and their rituals were putting curses on the land to protect the spirit of the land. And so I was taught this when I first moved here and I was taught pray to Sedona and Sedona is named after a woman. I pray to her every day. It works for me in my life. Her name is Sedona Arabella Miller Schnebly. Okay. Pray to her and ask permission to be here in the first place. Be thankful that you're even here in the first place and, and just have, you know, gratitude and graciousness Mm -hmm. venerate and revere her as the beautiful goddess that she is and right. that you have this opportunity to even be here in the first place right I'm like you know what you're right when i heard that from people i'm just getting to know it made perfect sense to me mm -hmm. and i do it and i talk about it on my tours all the time all the right. time yes you think john that that it, it i mean people are automatically attracted but do you think that just that the spirit of the area just wants a certain type of individual there because it's not the first time I've heard that, you know, people go bust and they, they head to Sedona and with all of these, not just so much trying to, to make the million dollars in this incredible power spot location, but somehow they just want to become a part of it, but it doesn't work for everybody like I'm a true believer that not everybody could follow on certain journeys. You know, it's just not either your time or it's just not your purpose. I agree with you completely. Yeah. yeah. So Sedona can chew you up and spit <clears throat> you out. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And I've lived here twice. I have. And yeah. I moved here the first time. I had the free house, you know, waltzed into all this convenient luck. But there is no such thing as convenient luck. <laughs> right. You know, with the conferences and mm -hmm. everything else the free house and then uh i had a house lined up and it fell through and i ended up moving back to florida when i was 49 and lived with my mother oh wow that, that was not the plan right right trust you me and then i ended up moving back to sedona on total accident <clears throat> so i had a, i had a girlfriend in southern california i was in florida my dad was going through a series of surgeries mm -hmm. the idea was to be there for dad and right. then eventually drive back across the country to be with her in Southern California and open up a UFO sighting company. Right. And then halfway, I'm like in uh, Amarillo, Texas, in some dive hotel, and I get a text. I'm breaking up with you. And I'm like, oh, my, I couldn't even believe it. It's like, what am I going to do now? But I promised my friend Suzanne Ross, who does the biggest conferences in town, and I've been her UFO guy since 2017 also. Right. She like... If you're doing conferences, that's who you go through. She's the biggest player in town. Right. She, she's all powerful. Right. You know, like all the ancient aliens people, she gets them to be keynote speakers. Right. Very nice. Uh, but anyway, I promised her that I would MC part of her conference when she was doing an activation on the Red Rocks. So right. I'm in this hotel and I'm like, I can go back to Florida and make a hundred bucks or more an hour doing entertainment, or I can stick to my word and go help Suzanne. <clears throat> so I did. Integrity. I, I did, you know, I'm a man of my word and, right. you know, and so I did. And then I was staying with some friends and I'm heartbroken. My girlfriend broke up with me mm -hmm. and, and, and the whole conference went to the house I was staying in for like an after party after the conference. And everybody's looking at me like, John, she was 20 years younger than you were in the first place. You weren't right. supposed to be with her. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And, and I, you know, and they, it made a lot of sense to me. They're like, John, you're supposed to be here. 
And so a month later, I'll never forget, it was on Easter Sunday, right, of 2019. Um, this guy comes over. He's a psychic astrologer here in town named J.P. Anthony. And he said, hey, I'm going to use a pseudonym. I always call her Michelle. Not you, but yeah, Michelle <laughs> uh, is, okay. looking for, is looking for a new UFO tour guide. And I'm like, wow. Well, how cool would that be? And I'm like, well, why don't you want it? He's like, I own art galleries. I, I don't have time to do it. <laughs> but you need a job, right? Right. So, yeah, the house that we had the party in, they were like, that room's available. If you want to rent it, just rent it. You know, we're mm -hmm. going to gouge you, but you, know, you can still rent it. And within one month, I became uh, an employee of one of the biggest UFO sighting tour companies in the world. And wow. then within, within four months, I became the lead tour guide for the entire company. And then that's when, you know, the graciousness, the gratitude. Thank you. I love you. I call her Mama Sedona. I feel like maybe in a past life, I was one of her six kids. I don't know. Right. I don't know. But the, there's the story of how I landed here three times. Mom's wedding, right. the, the house for free, and then moved back completely on accident, thinking I'm going to live in Southern California. If you're meant to be somewhere, the universe always finds a way to get you there. And, yeah. and if the road that you're on is too hard and it keeps making it harder, it's because you're supposed to switch gears. And when you switch gears and get in the right direction, all of a sudden things just seem to get easier, which is sort of like, okay, maybe I should have done that in the first place. <laughs> so I love it. So, I mean, to, I mean, I know there's so many different things in Sedona. I mean, I've, 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 I've spoken to so many people who have been or who have lived there through the years, who have visited. Um, but I'm very intrigued um, to start, of course, because of the UFOs. And because, let's face it, you've got CE5s has become this whole new movement. I've been, I, you know, for me, it's always been telepathic. If I want, if I want a communication, I just go out because I'm, I'm an experiencer. I'm a contactee from from the time I was a child. So it's not hard to make that connection. But now it seems to be this huge movement and people are just like, wait, we can do this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but they need to be taught how. And I, I believe also in, in starting off in places where it's a controlled and safe environment. Yeah, I, I agree. So I am protected here. Yes. I honestly believe that. CE5, I, I learned a lot from Dr. Stephen Greer. Right. Um, but I've kind of came up with my own mutt modality that I do. Okay. And I, I do it every single day. Mm -hmm. now, what people don't realize is that just certain basic meditations, you know, I'm a horrible insomniac. And I think that that's a good thing because I just lay in bed and I just pray and I meditate. Beautiful. I, can't, I, can't, I can't sleep. What else am I going to do? Right. And that's when, you know, I, I communicate telepathically with them as far right. as it sounds. I know it's real. It's and I have, I have hundreds of witnesses that will go on record mm -hmm. and talk about it. Right. I'm serious as a heart attack. I have that many witnesses that will put their neck out there, their career, mm -hmm. you know, and just say it's, it's real. And that's mm -hmm. why John gets all the major UFO conferences in one of the biggest hot spots in the entire world for right. UFO sightings. And right. I, I sent a picture to you earlier of the seven. Yeah, so which which ones would you like me to show? There's 
Well, let's start with the seven chakras. Okay, one second. Let me go in and pull that one out. So be patient. <laughs> um, I've got all kinds of things coming up here. Um, <laughs> I, sent I, you, I sent you a bunch of stuff. I know. I love it. I just have to go in and find the one I'm supposed to have. <laughs> uh, okay, hold on a second. Well, just like oh. humans have chakras, so does the earth. You know, right. And so the seven chakras of Sedona go right over my house. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I'm going to put it over right now. While I put this up real yes. quick, sure. um, what is it about Sedona that makes it this this power spot where everything, it's an area of, of, of what I like to call high strangeness because it has literally everything. There's no real one thing specifically to pinpoint. It's just a melee of all sorts of grandeur. Okay, so the earth is a grid, okay? And I, I researched, uh, there's a term called an icosagon, which mm -hmm. is a 20-sided polygon object at nodal points around the earth. Right. Okay? And a lot of those nodal points, they merge here. Right. So Plato, the Greek philosopher, he authored two books, the Timaeus and the Critias, and he theorized about Atlantis, but he also theorized, theorized that the earth was broken up into a grid and the lines of the grid are called ley lines, spell L-E-Y as opposed to L-A-Y. Right. And they're all around the world. Sedona's yes. not special as far as that goes. Um, but the earth charges these lines. So they're either electric or magnetic. But where mm -hmm. the electric and magnetic lines cross, you have electromagnetic energy. Right. And we are, we are electromagnetic beings in that we think thoughts it creates electrical impulses, mm -hmm. which you can measure with an electroscope. And then the water in our body and the iron in our blood is magnetic. So mm -hmm. you're an electromagnetic being in the middle of the highest concentration of electromagnetic vortexes right. in the world. So right. if you can pulse or, pulse or face an electromagnetic field, mm -hmm. you can make objects disappear and reappear. And that's basic Tesla technology that they were experimenting with back in 1953 during the Philadelphia experiment. Right. And so since more there's more vortexes in Sedona uh, than anywhere in the world, there's really? seven, seven major vortexes wow. in Sedona uh, that you can measure with a trifield magnetometer. Right. Okay. Right. So trifield magnetometer, it measures four things. Mm -hmm. So electric energy, magnetic energy, electromagnetic energy, that's three things. Mm -hmm. And then microwaves. So it was a number of years ago, and I had a scientist who, he was by himself, and he wanted to go on tour, and I'm like, I don't typically just take one person. He's like, I have a tri-field magnetometer, and I don't, I'm not buying this whole, you know, chakras and vortexes, you know, but as a scientist, this, I'm going to be able to prove that you're right or prove that you're wrong. Beautiful. So I'm like, let's do it. You know, let's right. just do it, because to be quite honest with you, I'm pretty confident I'm right, right. but I've never had a scientist put me on the spot. Right. So we we go to one of my favorite um, vortexes in Sedona. It's called Amitabha Buddha Stupa in Peace Park. Right. And it's a very powerful male vortex. Okay. And we go up to the stupa. And stupa is basically, it's the same concept as a steeple on a church. Mm -hmm. And it's built and it's built on top of the vortex. Right. And that right. was done on purpose. 
right. harness that energy, right? Yes. And so we go, we go up to the stupa, and his trifield magnetometer starts to peak out. We walk away, it stops. We walk over to a statue, a life-size statue of Buddha, uh, Shakyamuni Buddha, the Amitabha Buddha of infinite light. Mm-hmm. We get close to it, starts to peak out again. We walk away, it stops. And then we walk over to what I call the vortex tree. And the juniper trees, if they're in the middle of that swirling, spinning vortex energy, they will mm-hmm. twist as they grow. And right. so if you're, if you're out on, you know, if you're out hiking or whatever, you're curious where the energy is. I'm an empath, so I can feel it a mile away. Right. But if you're not sure, look for the trees. The right. trees will give it away. And so he said, you know, as a scientist, I thought I was really going to, you know, debunk you and really prove you wrong. But he said, you know what? You're right. And everywhere where I thought that there was vortex energy, I was right about it. Mm-hmm. And that, that was sweet vindication for me because right. I was I wasn't exactly sure, you know, if this was a bunch of bull also. Right. You know what I'm saying? But right. then on top of that, the vortexes, the mountains here, the Red Rock Mountains are full of quartz crystal. So quartz crystal very often has been used for, by spiritual healers for thousands upon thousands of years. Right. right? Right. And you know how you can use a small piece of crystal to power a quartz watch. Well, what right. if you have a mountain full of crystal? Oh. <laughs> Seriously. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. And then you absolutely. couple that with the fact that there is mineral rich artesian mountain spring water that flows through aquifers and right. rivers. And it flows right under and through the vortex areas. Mm-hmm. And it ramps up the conductivity. So here's an extreme example, but throw a toaster into a bathtub. And that's kind of what would happen when you come here. So right. when you're here, your brain processes oxygen more efficiently and effectively and releases carbon dioxide more efficiently and effectively. And right. what that does, the more oxygen that you have going to your brain, it floods the brain with what you call BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotropic factor. And the more BDNF that you have in your brain, it is the building blocks for the proteins that create the synapses in your brain and then the microglia. So you just have more electrical connections in your brain while you live here. But you got to understand it. You really do have to understand that that's what's happening. And Mm -hmm. so what I believe, and this is very interesting, there's grid lines all over the earth. You know, Sedona is not the only place, of course. Correct. But there's there's this grid line that goes all the way around the world. And let me tell you some of the sacred sites that are on it. Okay. Right. Mohenjo-Daro in Pakistan, Easter Island, (laughs) the Giza Pyramids on the Giza Plateau, Angkor Wat in Cambodia, Ur in Iraq, which goes back to the Anunnaki and the Sumerians, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Persepolis in Iran, Mm -hmm. Machu Picchu in Peru, Nazca in Peru. And Petra Jordan, which was featured prominently in the Bible. This yes. is all on a line, a grid line. line that crosses oceans and everything else. Right. It's pretty and fantastic it, when you think about it on that scale. It's amazing, you know. Yes. And yes. like I said, most of those are not most of them, but a lot of them intersect here. Mm-hmm. And so what I've learned through my research and through doing the UFO tours is that very often the UFOs will travel down the grid lines. That they're somehow, and this is my theory, that they're able to pick up on the earth energy from the grid lines mm-hmm. and from the vortexes. Mm-hmm. So very, very often we will see what, what people would think is uh, Elon Musk's 
um, Starlink. The, yes, yes. But, so you talk to a lot of the Native Americans here, and they'll mm -hmm. tell you, and eh, we don't believe it. And I'm like, well, I have apps on my phone that will tell me when it's going to show up. And they'll say, man, we still don't believe it. And I'm like, well, well, why not? And they said, we've been seeing this for hundreds of years. That's the thing. Even as a kid, right? We, we'd see things in the sky, and I'm aging myself a bit, but it was prior to satellites. Well, and what people don't get is most satellites don't move. So let's say you have a cell tower. Guess what? It's pointing at a satellite. If that satellite moves, everybody's going to lose their cell phone service, their right. Wi-Fi, their internet, two-way radio communications for military, first-end responders, yes. police, everything. You know, yes. so yes, some satellites do move. That's for sure. Most mm -hmm. of them move from west to east. And I have a satellite app, so mm -hmm. I actually had this satellite technician come on one of my tours years ago, mm -hmm. and he went to all my competition, and then me last, which I found interesting. And he mm -hmm. said, John, you're the only one who got it right. Right. No one got it right. And what he said is that satellites don't have lights on them. So the Earth is 25,000 miles around. Okay. Mm -hmm. Satellites right. are between 100 and 200 miles away. So as long as you can see any amount of daylight, so dark and sunset are two different things, right? Right. So when sunset occurs, you can still see satellites because the sun is still able to reflect off their exoskeleton that's metallic. Right. But like, like, let's say 10 minutes after dark, dark, you can't see them anymore because they're too close to the earth mm -hmm. and, and the satellites are in the black, dark cone of the earth. Now, right. certain satellites do have lights on them. For example, the International Space Station, because mm -hmm. I can point that out to you. I can go, hey, it's going to cross in about 15 minutes. Yeah, we app. can see it clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and my app is pretty accurate also. Right. Uh, but also Hubble Space Telescope, Kepler Space Telescope. And the reason they have lights on them is because, let's say, they're on the dark side of the planet and they need the technicians to work on it. They can't see it, right? right. They can't right. see it unless it has lights on. Right. But most satellites don't. They're solar-powered. They're not going to use solar-powered batteries to mm -hmm. create a bright enough light to right. shine 100 to 200 miles down to the planet. Right. And then I still have people use the term satellites. And I'm like, okay, well, if what we just saw was a satellite, how come we don't see all the other satellites that are not moving? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a lot up there. Let's face it. <laughs> There's 36,000 or more. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's or great. That's, that's, more that. that's big odds for sure. You know? And there's weather satellites and they do a polar orbit. Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, pole to pole, because if they just go around the equator, they're not going to cover all the land masses. And right. same thing with the spy satellites too, right? Yeah. They do polar orbits, north, south, south, north, whatever, to cover all the land masses. But right. most satellites don't move. They right. don't. Because like I said, you lose your communications. Right. right. That's the whole purpose of having those satellites up there in the first place. Right. Communication. Global right. communications. And they relay off of each other also. Right. So, you know, say a cell tower goes straight up, there's a satellite up there, and then it bounces to maybe the state next to you, which is 500 miles away, and then mm -hmm. bounces to another one, and all within a nanosecond also. You know, if those satellites move, you lose your all, you lose all your signals. So I learned this from the satellite technician who was spying on me and my competition in Sedona, and it made me feel great. And he said, you didn't get it completely right either. 
but right. you're the only one who even got halfway close. And then he started explaining to me what I just explained to the audience. Right. And I, and I thought I knew my stuff and I guess I didn't know everything. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I know. It's always the way, but I mean, that's the thing, right? It's a, it's a forever evolving. We're always learning and, and that that's what, that's what it's all about. You know, if we knew it all, sure. then it, what kind of fun would it be? There'd be nothing left to learn. Um, just a reminder to everybody, not ignoring questions. We will get to them, but we have to sort of keep up with uh, the topic of conversation. And then we'll definitely get to everybody. So here is a picture that you asked me to show. Okay. So here's your seven chakras. It starts. Uh, so the lower left, okay, is seven canyons. Okay. And that's and that's where Boynton Canyon is. And that's where the Blue Star Kachina Rock is also. Okay. Dead man there. Okay. In the lower left corner. Right. And then, and then you go up through Thunder Mountain. And then you get to the Heart Chakra, which is ultimately in the middle. And that's right by my house. And this line goes yeah. over my house. So it goes past the Heart Chakra, which is at the airport Mesa, all the way out to Bell Rock. which right. is Which is perhaps the second most hiked and visited vortex slash trailhead in all of Sedona. Wow. And, and this plays into the grid line. I was just explaining, you know, same mm -hmm. kind of thing. So remember the Rendlesham forest that yes. was with yeah. James Peniston and John Burroughs. Yeah. So remember it was Peniston, a James Peniston or Jim Peniston that put his hand on the craft and he got downloaded with this like 30 page thing of binary code. Yeah, crazy. And so he goes to a code-breaking savant, and it said something to the effect, uh, continuous exploration for planetary advance. Eyes of your eyes, something else. But then it comes up with seven uh, latitude, longitude coordinates around the world. Okay? Right. One of them was in Mount Tai in China. One was in Nazca. One was the three pyramids on the Giza plateau. Mm -hmm. One of them was somewhere uh, where the Maya were in Mesoamerica. I'm forgetting some of the others. Uh, but one of those seven coordinates was here in Sedona. Wow. That's the seven cities of light. Wow. And, uh, that and, doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And so I don't know if you know who Andrew Collins is. Yes. He's, the name's familiar. Yes. On ancient aliens. I yes. He's, I think, uh, an archaeologist and anthropologist, something like that. Uh, he's a world traveler, but he was here a couple years ago through a Suzanne Ross conference. Mm -hmm. And one of the excursions was to go, and he had this like handheld satellite GPS tracker, something like that, right? Handheld. Right. And we were, the whole point was to go to those exact coordinates. Right. So we go down this trailhead, and then we get off the trailhead. And we're hiking down this wash. Right. Uh, in other words, you know, we're melted snow or water, but it was dry, whatever. We hiked that for about a mile. Right. And it's pretty arduous because it's all rocks and ankle breaking rocks. And, you know, you got to be careful. Took us, I don't know, 45 minutes. And then all of a sudden he's like, we're there. And so we get out of the wash and about 10 feet away is this flat area where there's no vegetation. Mm. So there's vegetation absolutely everywhere except on that spot. You could tell that ceremony had been done there. Right. And so we look up from where we were sitting and we see um, a red rock mountain that looked identical to a pyramid. If you saw it, you would have said, wow, it looks like a pyramid. And then we right. look off to 
another direction and we see what we believe to be a Puerta de Hayamarca. I don't know if you've ever heard of that in Peru. What it means no. is the gateway of the gods where you can oh. see you can see a square. Yes, I know it. Bedrock. Yes, and I if, know if, it. And if you know how to traverse your body, mind, spirit, but also the symbiotic engine in your trans-dimensional space-time vehicle, mm -hmm. you can traverse your space-time vehicle through rock, through water, through right. any medium, period. That's right. Like it was never meant to open. That was just a total transitional thing. It was unbelievable. Yes. And so Andrew Collins, um, I'm sitting next to him and Suzanne Ross gave me a camera. She's like, I, I want you to come, but I want you to film him the entire time. Right. Everything he says. So I'm like, deal. So he's sitting next to me and there's probably 20 or 30 of us. Um, and we're sitting there and he's going through this guided meditation, which started with a, uh, a diamond dodecahedron in your heart. Okay. And this heart dodecahedron made of diamond and crystal mm -hmm. is flying around to these, these seven nodal points around the planet. And then the last one was coming from Mesoamerica flying over um, Mesoamerica through Mexico, through New Mexico into Sedona. And it was like this visual kind of guided meditation and it was so good right. and he, he, he's like did you get all that and i'm like i got every word of it but wasn't that cool but the whole point is that the rendlesham force and james peniston what he believes is that that craft were actually time travelers from like three thousand years in our future that's what he believes right can't prove it but whatever right right but what they did prove is that that binary code mapped out these coordinates and one of them was Sedona which is yeah. like amazing yeah it was unbelievable. It is, it's, it's phenomenal that was awesome right um <laughs> I know it's kind of like where do we go now <laughs> it's just yeah. like gods man <laughs> so oh, man. okay so we we know it's a power spot without a doubt and I mean you guys see stuff all the time. You've sent some amazing photos. Oh, yeah. um, there's there's so many. There's part of me that wants to jump over to book one, book two. This like there's part of me that just wants to jump all over the place. I'm trying to stay really focused with it. But where do you see like most of most of these sightings? Like people come to you and say, "Okay, John, we want to come in on one of your tours. Um, walk us through what that's like." Because I want people to consider this you know coming up because say spring's gonna be right around the corner and i may just do it myself <laughs> so um well you come down michelle you bring the whole cast and crew i'll hook you all up for free um, oh thank you but but what i do is i invite people to come to my home i invite right. them to my home whether i know them or not most time i don't know who they are although i do get a ton of repeat customers right and um I have a money back guarantee. If you don't see anything, you don't pay me. Nobody has ever gotten out of paying me ever. Right. And they'll tell you they saw something, you know, instead right. of just a dot slowly going across the sky. Right. Five full minutes. And that's when people argue that it could be a satellite. But I'm like, I want you to see something definitive. You know, right. first, what I do is I show them footage. I show them footage. So if we do it here at my house, I'll do it on my 70 inch big screen. Right. Um, and I do it most time. I'm not even doing it here. I'm doing it remotely at somebody's Airbnb or up at the airport or working with my competitors 
uh, because we, you know, we all got huge egos, but we realized years ago, very egos, the groups just keep getting bigger and bigger. Let's work together. Right. Do these tours because I only have 11 goggles. They're like four grand a piece. So that sounds like a lot. What if you have 50 people? Right. 11 goggles. It's not it's not even appropriate to charge people and force three or four people to right. share, to share right. one there. Right. Uh, but anyway, I'll show them the footage. If I'm not at home, I'll take my tablet, <clears throat> which I love my tablet because I can do any kind of presentation I want. I can do a three minute presentation. I can do a three hour presentation through what I have on my tablet. Wow. I'll show them the footage, play the uh Alien audio, which I can do on this show. If you want me to do it, I'd be happy to do it. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, and then what I do, I just wait till it gets dark enough. So this time of year, we're mountain time. And it's weird, but half the time, Sedona and Arizona on a whole is mountain time. The other half is Pacific time. So I think it's March 8th. March 8th, we spring forward. And when we spring forward, our, our time stays the same. Right. But whatever. But this time of year... Mountain time, Sedona, we start around 6.15. So right. I'll, I'll invite people either over to my house around 5.30, 5.45, or I'll go to wherever they're staying or just whatever, you know, whatever whatever I'm going to do. I like to be there early. And especially if I've never done it in a certain location. I right. like to get there, you know, maybe even an hour or more early and just pray and meditate. I don't want anybody around me. I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I just want to send it to them and let them know where I am. You're the transmitter. Yes. I'm like a, a, right. a, a beacon, you know, like yeah. at an airport or something. Um, but that's what I like to do. And I was the UFO guy in Mount Shasta two summers ago. And so, <laughs> well, and there's had, a whole other show, isn't there? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. That's oh a whole other gosh. show. <laughs> We're but anyway, do that one. <laughs> I got I got there two days early. Yeah, just out of respect for the mountain, right? Out of respect for the spirit there, the right. Lemurians that live in Shasta. Oh. And that's yes, you're right. That's a whole other show. Oh, we're gonna do it. <laughs> but but I did my I did my CE yes. five for days. I right. did. Yeah, right. I did my CE five for days. Had camera crews out there and the whole bit. I love right. to put myself on the spot. Right. Pressure, pressure. I eat, I eat with my cornflakes in the morning. Right. I used to sing in front of thousands of people. Right. So you have to know that you're good at what you do. Right. You know, be cocky. Don't be arrogant. That's but, a difference. But, yeah. Right. But know that you're going to deliver. Right. And so imagine you got 50 people and you got a bunch of skeptics out there. They're looking for something spectacular. They are. And you can't blame them for wanting to see something spectacular. I want to, I want them to see something spectacular. Right. I love to put myself on the spot, you know, and I stick mm-hmm. my neck out there all the time and do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm always successful weather permitting. I right. will say that weather or chemtrail permitting, but yes. Right. Right. Which would make, you know, complete sense. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So people basically have these phenomenal experiences. You sent over some pictures. Do you want me to show them? And you're sure. welcome to show as far as your recording goes, you, you've got complete control over the board if you want as well, just with that little present button at the bottom of the screen there for yourself. Do you uh, see it right uh, beside? No. Uh, yeah, there's a little but way at the bottom of the screen underneath in the square. You'll see, um, it'll say, where it says leave studio, just go to the left and it says a button. There's a button. Oh, that yes. Present. Yes, yes. You can click that and, you know, you have control so you don't have to 
give up all your stuff. <laughs> but but um, so I'm I'm very computer illiterate. Like like okay. So computers break around me very often. Like oh, they, don't, they don't work properly. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but that being said, I I sent you some stuff. But what what kind of frustrated me earlier is that some of the best stuff it would not go through. And I had this uh -huh. problem. I had this problem with my my former employer, Michelle. Right. Where I'd be like sitting right next to her and she's like, would you please send me that footage? And I'm like, Michelle, I'm doing it right in front of you. I've done right. it five times. Now the video before went through, the video after that went through. Right. Why is this one not going through? Uh, maybe it. it's, yeah, it's too big. I use WeTransfer for a lot of stuff because. But I could potentially do this. Ooh. I don't know if that would work or not. Yeah, you could try for sure. You can. All right. Um. Okay, let's I'll just uh, take a look here. Look at that. Oh, oh, that's a video. I have that video. You did send it to me. Whoa, everybody look. Oh, my God. Did you see that? Watch this. Oh, look at them. Look, baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I have. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, I have. I have that video. It did come through. And so you'll see this concentric circle kind of motif repeat itself over and over. And what I believe is that, and also how it's blurry, it should be blurry. And the reason is because the anti-gravity envelopes or gravity waves or whatever they're using, this it's one? not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not, it's not propulsion. It's some kind of, of physics, right? Where, when you bend space time, it should blur the picture. It right. should blur the image. So if you see something that's too perfect, it's probably been Photoshopped, especially if you found it online. But, right. So that free house I had, here's the quick story. I'm in the house and I'm by myself and it's like four in the morning or something. And something tells me to go outside. And whenever that hits me, I'd listen, right? So I put on clothes and I go outside and that was right over the house. And right. that's with a basic I four seven iPhone seven S 2017. So it's not like I was using some kind of fancy digital photography. Right. And that was right over the house. And I'm like, wow. And it just totally wanted me and allowed me to take pictures of it. That's yeah, things like that happen to me absolutely all the time, which I love. That's crazy. I, I'd like to try to play that video if it'll allow me. It would not yeah. let me download it to um to the screen at all, actually. Isn't that funny? Uh, Electronics. I'm not. I'm not going to complete the sentence, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't even know if we, we won't be able to hear it, but I know we'll be able to play it. So here we go, just so people can see it. Okay. notice the concentric circles again and the blurred you know lines on the outside of whatever that was and it it vanished oh, there it goes yeah, yeah. so it's, it's very similar and that was okay so get this that was in albuquerque new mexico and the other picture that you just showed yeah here in sedona but it's the same kind of thing with the concentric circles not the spiral concentric circles. And then right. the outer edge right of the here. circle is blurred. 
Yeah, that it, I love how it spins. I mean, look at this thing go. So a friend of mine was telling me that she believes that's what you call a sunfish. And so where we were, we were in uh, the Sandia Mountains close to Los Alamos base. Imagine that. In, right. New, in New Mexico outside of Albuquerque. And right. we're doing a UFO watch. And I captured that video with the same iPhone 7S, which right. is like dinosaur technology anymore. It is now. I know. I've got one. <laughs> I know. It, it was such a trip, Michelle. So it was weird. It was like it was like a kid like looking over the edge of a couch and then hiding behind it again. And that's what this UFO was doing. If you can picture that kind of hiding behind the mountain, right. popping up over, hiding behind the mountain, popping up over. And so I told my girlfriend, I'm like, I'm going to just sit here. I'm going to ignore everything else. I'm going to have my phone recording the entire time right. until I capture that thing again. Right. So because I did, I was trying to catch it on video and I wasn't able to. And so I just kept praying, meditating, ask right. permission. Oh, here's a good one. Ask permission to see them. Yes. Yes. And invite them in. Mm -hmm. So when I first moved here, I would say, I know how to call them in. I was kind of just uh -huh. being kind of pig headed and arrogant. Right. And my buddies were like, well, you know, guess what? We can too. But mm -hmm. how about this? Let's frame it like this. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Think right. about it. You're telling them what to do. I'm calling you in. Right. I'm calling you in, Michelle. So I make a hundred bucks a head. Right. Well, that's pretty arrogant and pretentious. So my buddy was like, right. how about this? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You toot your own horn all you want. But how about trying to be a little humble here and right. go, why don't we ask permission? You'd, right. you'd like to think we're working with ascended masters here, right? right. Loving right. and benevolent ascended masters. Right. And how about invite them in, ask permission to see them in the first place. And mm -hmm. when I did, when, and I'm like, it immediately clicked. I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I'm coming in here all cocky and I got my attitude is completely wrong. You know, right. and when I started to do what my buddy explained to me, it worked so much better. Right. And it was right. working before, you know. Right. Now it's yeah. just like supercharged. Have, has anybody ever asked you? Um, because, of course, now with disclosure and everything else, and we know there's a lot of black ops stuff going up, going yes. on out there. Do you do you ever get approached? And do, like, how do you know for sure if it's one of ours or? something otherworldly how do you get around all of that that's a very common question so then i start posing questions to them so mm -hmm. i say i say is our government or black ops military whoever are they experimenting and retro engineering back engineering mm -hmm. uh potentially alien technology in these crafts right and pretty much pretty much every time somebody well even say, drones now are like the size of freaking cars <laughs> Yeah, but almost right. every time somebody will say, "Well, well, yes," and then yes. I'll say, "Then I'll say, okay, well, are they trying to be secretive about it?" And almost every time they'll say yes, and I'm like, "Well, if they're trying to be secretive about it, why are they flying over Sedona when they know I'm recording them?" Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? I mean, right. if they're trying to be secretive, why are they flying over Sedona? Well, I'm not the only one recording stuff. False either. flag, maybe. Um, or, or it could be that they don't even care anymore. Yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. rule that. Out. I wouldn't rule that out either. Yeah, so, if I, if I if I pointed out something that was military, I'm positive I have. But in the end, here's my built-in my here's my built-in safety net. It's unidentified. Mm -hmm. You right. know, your guess is as good as mine. I'm not up there yeah. flying around. 
I'm not. But here's right. something that I that I like to do. It doesn't always work, but it usually does. Right. Um, I ask them to do things while they're flying. Okay. Right. So the three main things: can you power up, and that means can you pulse. Right. Right. Can you just right. boom, and it's obvious when it I've happens. seen that. Yeah. Can you power up? Can you vanish? All right. Mm -hmm. And 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 or can you change direction? Mm -hmm. So when any one of those things happens, I'm like, well, guess what? One a satellite, you know, no. could have been the military, could have been, but yeah. you know, are, are they flying over? There'd have to be somebody telepathically, you know. Yeah, and connected. I I actually have a video of me doing that. I have tons of videos of me doing that. Um, this is it, and this might be hard to see. Do you want me to show it to you? Yeah, you can show it for sure. Show it, send it, whatever you'd like. Oh, oh, do you see that? All right, let me, do, let me do this again. Oh, well, that's on your website, right? It did that on purpose for us. Do you see how it got real bright and then dimmed? Wow. Right. Do you want me, can I play this off your website? Um, That's not on my website. Oh, that one's not? Okay. So this is this is really messed up. So my web designer, she is a good friend of mine, and she's an experiencer, that's for sure. Right. Uh, and she's sitting here with me for for months. And uh, you know, one day she's like, "How come I put videos on people's websites every day, and I can't put any on yours?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't want to, you know, start." <laughs> speculating but i know it's being done on purpose and right. so you know a lot of things i will try to send to people won't go through anything right. over anything over 30 seconds is not any video over 30 seconds i it's not allowing me to send it to right. you or anybody else so right. very 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 frustrating to me right uh, but can't get frustrated that doesn't no. help it. no love and light love and light <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Love and light. I know. <laughs> Stay sane. <laughs> I know. Um, I think it's I think it's 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 super interesting. Why do you think there's such a huge interest in this all of a sudden? I mean, countries all over the world have, have disclosed like years and years ago, some mm -hmm. countries like like Brazil. And like France, have, have always been pretty open um, with their people for the most part. Not like you get to know about everything, but at least right. you get to know about some things. You know, I know with Canada, uh, Paul Hillier, you know, former defense minister um, who, you know, passed away. But he came right out and said, blah, 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 blah. This is a thing. Why do you think now, you know, the people are interested? Because the United States doesn't want to disclose. Um, you know, they've been drip feeding it to us through movies and everything yes. else for, you know, since you and I were kids, basically, yes. uh, yeah. more, more predicated on fear also. And I don't really, uh, that doesn't vibe with me at this all. This is Roswell, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is very interesting. I'm not going to use names here, but there's a number of researchers who came out and wrote books about Roswell and now will say that it's a hoax. You know, it's like, who is leaning on you? Yeah. To make you change your narrative after you received plenty of money off your book royalties. And now you're changing your story. Mm -hmm. uh, but and then so the congressional hearings with Grush, the the operative, you know, like the black ops operative for the Air Force. Yes. And then there yeah. was the pilot, 
um, squadron leader Graves mm-hmm. and Fravor and Fravor. These three men really, I mean, they're my heroes. Right. I mean, they're, they're my heroes because I've been talking right. about this stuff for years. Finally, I have retired Air Force guys who've been threatened, right, to come clean and just tell the truth, mm-hmm. you know. And then Grush, who is the first one to come out and use use the term um, biologics and things like that, mm-hmm. crash retrievals, right? engineering that he said he's even seen the craft, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then remember, he was saying, "I'll tell you about it in a skiff." off camera, you know, cause right. they were slamming him with all these pointed questions, which were good. Right. I think they, they, they grilled him pretty good and mm-hmm. I think he did a fabulous job. So I'm, you know, he's my hero. Both right. all three of those men are my hero, but they signed, they signed whatever that if they're lying or caught lying in any way, they go to prison. So they had everything to lose and nothing to gain. And Grush, especially he, uh, he was the first one to come out, but he also assembled a team of attorneys before he even did this, you mm. know, and I'm like, that was smart. I'm pretty sure that was that was the very obviously smart thing to do. But yeah, yeah these, these three men are, you know, they're under the microscope more than ever before. And, you know, I believe everything they said, you know, are they sensationalizing? Are they exaggerating? I really don't think so. Um, but, but I don't know either, you know, uh, but that's my personal opinion. Um, I love these guys, but you know, right. so the country of India, right. That 1.3 billion people, about 1 billion of them are Hindus. Well, they believe that Shiva and Vishnu and that's Krishna, right. who are actually the same, same deity, right. um, were star beings. Exactly. They blue skin. Exactly. They flew around in Vamanas. Right. Right. But and a I, lot of the ancient people believed that their gods were indeed, you know, star people. The Gnostics spoke of the same thing. Just yeah. look at all over, out of place artifacts all over ancient temples and petroglyphs. And I mean, come on, there's some, there's a lot more to that than, you know. I mean, come right? on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What John said. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, but to your point, so, yeah. Uh, all right. So let's see. Uh, I, rocket scientist named Joseph Blumrick. He was studying the Bible to see if Ezekiel's chariot was, you know, was something technological or not. So he went into it thinking, eh, it's probably just some kind of metaphor. Just the only way that they could describe the wheels within the wheels. So Mm -hmm. he started studying it as a rocket scientist. And he actually based the construction of the Mariner, the Mariner, projects okay that were space capsules based on that research from the bible right. from the bible right. and the name of his book was the spaceships of ezekiel right and so vishnu or krishna he wrote on a garuda which was this big bird that's wings right. were on fire all right well right. what else could that be and also the vamanas buddha was known to fly in his stupa up to the heavens to commune with the other gods. Let's the talk Arabian. about Enoch. Yeah, Enoch, the book Enoch, which is part of the Pseudepigrapha, mm-hmm. which was taken out of the canon of the Bible. And only right. the Ethiopians are the only ones that keep it in their version of the Bible. Right. I was talking about this the other night on another podcast. There are over 50 different versions and interpretations of the King James Bible in the first place. 
So you got to figure every one of them has He's some raw information. That's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And that, that's that's right. another show in itself too. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. Um, it's very, it's vast. It's vast. And, and you go back to even Da Vinci who disappeared yeah. Oh, yeah. for two, two weeks, came back brilliant. <laughs> More than usual, but he came yeah, he back with all this knowledge, and you know, I, I mean, there's there's a lot to it. There's so much to it, but it but it does pave the way, you know, for those of us who want to do the research and keep open minded, that you will find the information if you look. Um, Dolly says um, non disclosure agreements prevent a person from saying anything about specifics if the non-disclosure agreement all-encompassing. So if it's all-encompassing, they can go to federal prison or in case of espionage are executed. And it's not the first time I've heard that. Um, our producer, Joe Montalda, who owns the network, um, mm. had an experience on the Nimitz when something landed on the ship. <laughs> and he was just like a... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I know. He actually talked about it on this show. And then they, because it had expired, the NDA, and and after that they they made him resign. <laughs> so 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 you have to go out and get that episode, and he talks about it because the Nimitz has been involved in a couple of different UFO, you know, sightings or shall we say situations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just like yourself, I study this stuff. It, yeah, nothing interests me more. And uh, I believe that it's part of my mission in this lifetime on this planet to do as many UFO tours as possible right. to, to change people's lives. Right. That's that's the you know, whether I'm doing spiritual healings on the Red Rocks, ghost mm -hmm. tours where Sedona's buried or UFO tours at night. You know, mm -hmm. important thing. I really want to I want to rattle people a little bit. I want them to just never be able to forget about it, leaving right. indelible mark upon themselves that they will talk about forever and that that's why to me this is the most important and critical topic and issue for the entire planet right by far right you know there's so much positivity that can come out of it if it's released in the right way by the right people instead of being used for control well, the control is, is by instilling fear. Now, I, I think crafts are one thing. I mean, I, you know, I've been seeing crafts for as long as I can remember as, as a kid, you know. But what about extraterrestrials or terrestrials? Because I believe there's just as many of them already here that were here long before us, you know. You know, I, people always hear me say, we're not the first kick at the can, you know, <laughs> so we're not the, you know, we're just the kids who, who can't get along in the sandbox. But meanwhile, there've been a lot of other cultures here long before us. There's evidence of it everywhere. So tell us about that because I'm really, you know, interested. I'm going to put up um, one second. You want to tell us a story because I do want to show you your book cover, um, the blue beings which okay. is based. Can you talk about that? And then I Absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. Absolutely. And it's okay. really an absolute travesty what has happened with that story. Right. And I'm not, I'm not going to use specific names, but there's a, a, a group out there called MUFON where there was 35 investigators at that conference and every one of them lied about it. Mm. 
they all knew it. This story should have gone viral years ago. I was right. there. Yeah, I was there. I'm still in contact with about eight of the witnesses. And a number of the witnesses are just afraid. Now, I can respect that. Right. I could, But as a MUFON investigator, you owe it to the world to be honest about this, that this right. happened. Yes. So it was uh, August 29th of 2015. Mm -hmm. and I was the opening speaker at a conference in um, Portland, Maine called Experiencers Speak. Right. So it was all experiencers. And I was the very opening speaker. And I'd never spoken at a conference before where I had sang and danced in front of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. I, I was never nervous, but I was just shaking in my boots. Right. And, and the conference started an hour late. So now I'm even more nervous. Right. And I have a bunch of papers and I'm fumbling through my papers and I really embarrassed myself. But I did a good presentation. Right. And what I what I did is I had all the experiencers uh, hold hands and go into a guided meditation. Right. And, I, and I said, something's going to happen this weekend. There's too many experiencers here for nothing to happen. So right. how about let's ask permission to see them and let's invite them in, whether we see a ship or we see some beings or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Travis Walton, who is perhaps the most famous abductee in world history. Okay. He lives in Arizona. It happened mm -hmm. in Arizona and he was the keynote speaker. Wow. So it's the very last day of the conference. Nothing really has happened at all. And the only person left to speak is Travis. So I'm sitting right next to the double doors in the back of the room. And then right as it's about to begin, these four beings, two with blue skin, walk in and walk up to me. Out of everybody there, they walk up to me. And it's too weird, Michelle. They had money in their hands. And they're holding it like this. Who holds money like them flat on their palms in their hands like this and says, are you the one we pay to see Travis? And I'm like, uh, no, no, no. Let me go find Audrey Hewen. So it was her conference mm -hmm. doing them for years. Experience or speak. And uh, I find her twin sister, Debbie, who in turn finds her twin sister, Audrey. And Audrey's trying to sort out the money and everything. And she noticed that two of them had blue skin also. Okay. Hmm. And not to use other names, but right. we, were, we were on a number of different podcasts, including Fade to Church or Fade to Church, Jimmy Black's. Jimmy. Fade to Black. <laughs> we had a joke Got about it. it. <laughs> There's a black. Fade, Fade to Church or Jimmy Black. Right. Fade to Black or Jimmy Church. <laughs> right. Yeah. Great but anyway, <laughs> so they, they walk in. And uh, they finally find Audrey or her sister brings her to Audrey and Audrey pulls them into the light because she couldn't see because they dim the lights because we're about to watch his new DVD. And uh, she notices that two of them had blue skin and they were they, they weren't sure what to do with the money. They just knew that it was important that they had to use the money to be able to get in. And they right. didn't even have enough money. They didn't even have enough money. And at that point, Audrey's like, just, you know, just give me the money and go sit down. And they walk up to Travis and Travis will not talk about this. And I've been talking about this for years, but I respect Travis for not talking about it because back in the 70s, he had death threats. He had yeah. children, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. However, yes. he's, he's sitting on a treasure trove of disclosure with this. Um, but 
I respect the man for not saying anything. Right. But they went up and started talking to him too. And right. this was right in front of Audrey. Um, right. And then, and then, okay, so they talked to Travis briefly, but he's about to speak. So they come and sit down right in front of me. They could have sat anywhere in the whole auditorium. They sit in front of me. And Travis uh, did his presentation, which was brilliant. And then he showed his new, uh, his new DVD entitled Travis with some subtitle under it. And uh, he was saying how he did not like fire in the sky that they took a lot of creative liberties in Hollywood. And anyway, but he liked his, 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 he liked his new DVD better. So we watched all that. And then he did a Q and a for maybe 45 minutes and he just, he just brilliant speaker. I mean, he just, he's one of the best out there. And then as soon as the conference was over, they all walk up to me and start talking to me, which blew my freaking mind. And then uh, uh, all of a sudden a crowd starts to form around us. A crowd starts to form around us. And one of the four beings did not have blue skin. This is very trippy weird. Uh, do you know who Jason Martell is by any chance? He's on Ancient Aliens a lot. Yes. He looks he looked just like Jason Martell. That'd be except, weird. <laughs> yeah, except he had big black eyes. He had no color in his eyes whatsoever. And so I'm talking to this blue being, right? And I'm trying to sell him my Yahweh, the biblical God is an alien book. And imagine <laughs> you're talking to somebody that looks perfectly human, but he had this uh, ball cap on that was curiously low, pulled over his eyebrows crown so you could barely see his face. It's right. kind, of, kind of curious. And then this is the trippiest thing ever where I'm in my mind going, oh, my gosh, this guy has blue skin. He has blue skin. And right at that time, the, the one that looks like Jason Martell walks around to the front of my table where I was selling my books Right. And he looks at me, he looks in my eyes, and I swear he had to have done the Jedi mind trick on me. And he starts going, the Anunnaki, the Anunnaki, the Anunnaki, the Anunnaki. Kind of like Rain Man. Yeah. It was autistic yes. in that movie with uh, um, oh, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman, yes. And Tom Cruise. Brilliant movie. Awesome yes. movie. But oh, that's, what it, that's what it reminded me of. And right. then the cameraman, his name was Ron Sharfy, and he saw what was going on also. So he goes to turn around to take pictures of these beings. And so did I at the same time. And everybody was frozen, completely frozen, like in the state of paralysis, which happens to people that get abducted. It was just like that. But right. somebody did manage to get a photo off and send it out on Facebook, and it was removed immediately. Wow. Yeah. I, Not I, surprised. I, Not surprised. And then, okay, yeah. and so. Uh, there's this group of people around us now and everybody's starting to spin questions at them. And this guy's name is R. Keith Andrews. He's one of the key witnesses also. He walks up and I'm about to say, I'm about to say, uh, your skin is blue, but Keith beat me to it. He beat me to it. I give him credit for that. And right. he, said, he said, are you, are you Pleiadian by chance? And he said, I'm a shifter and I'm a healer. And we were sent here. And I'm, I'm like, just blowing your mind and imagine there's somebody that you believe is an extraterrestrial standing right next to you. You got your cell phone in your hand. You're about to start taking pictures and just be rude and just do it without their permission. <laughs> and, I, and I was totally frozen. So was Ron Sharfy, the cameraman, who was one of the key witnesses also. Right. Uh, our Keith Andrews also, you know, it was, mm -hmm. it was such a total trip. And then there was this other blue being that was real tall with blonde hair, parted on the side, had a hoodie on. Um, and, he the one guy who was initiating the conversation with me in the first place was starting to get all loose and relaxed 
And the taller one said, we need to go. We need to go. We need to go now. So they walk out the door. And then all of a sudden, Ron Sharfy, the cameraman, he pulls out of his paralysis and he runs outside. And I was going to do the same thing, but I was just frozen in time. I was. And uh, he gets outside and he doesn't see anything. He was, you know, seeing if they jumped in a station wagon and drove off or something. But he sees this massive pulse and flash of light come up off of the roof of the convention center. And then that's there's a whole lot more to it. But that's the crux of the story. And I'm not going to use names. I'd love to bash some people right now because they really embarrassed me and hurt right. my reputation. Um, but whatever. It, right. But I will say they're all with MUFON that did it. Right. So right. I've got a, got a real chip on my shoulder about that because this did happen. And right. me and the witnesses, another witness was Eric Mitchell and his son also. Right. Those are the, and, and Nancy Hewins, which is Audrey's mother. Right. And Debbie Hewins, which is her twin sister. Right. right. It's interesting how it's so like crafts seem to be one thing. UFO sightings seem to be one thing. But when it comes to ET, your extraterrestrial beings, that seems to be a whole other thing that, that people don't want to broach very easily. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I believe there are many here. It's not, they're not all from the stars. And this uh, cat's um, question to you is what are your thoughts regarding humans that are not originally from earth, that humans were brought here from a dying planet? Oh, okay. That's, um, you know, I think that the earth was colonized. I think it was colonized by multiple different races and species from around the cosmos. But this is very interesting. So soon she Lee, who used to work with the Chinese government, he came out, and I don't know, maybe a decade ago or something, and said, if you had any idea how many human-alien hybrids are walking amongst us, mm. you would have, it would blow your mind, and it would, it would create a global panic. I believe it. And then <laughs> former Prime Minister Medvedev from Russia right. said the same thing to a reporter. And the reporter, and they have this, this you can find this footage somewhere, maybe right. on YouTube or something. But she's sitting there, I know it's on Ancient Aliens at one time, but she's sitting there laughing about it. She just thought it was funny and just, you know, a bunch of baloney. Right. Um, but he said the same thing. And then right. uh, the former prime minister of Japan, his wife just came straight out and said, I get abducted all the time. <laughs> so this information <laughs> is out there. Oh, nonchalantly, yeah, all the time, yeah. And, and you can research everything I just said, right? You know, so right. um, are there multiple factions of ET that are here? Yes, and so I, you know, a lot of the the hybrids, um, you can cut them open anatomically, and they look just like us. They have the same organs and everything else, but there's what you call the triune brain, which which explains that you have the mammalian complex, the primate complex, and the reptilian complex. Mm. And a lot of a lot of our world leaders, their reptilian complex is the most powerful dominant feature in their brain. But you cut them open and they look they look just like humans, just like we look like humans. You can't tell them apart. Um, however, they vibrated a different vi vibration frequency mm -hmm. and some of them can even shape shift and some of them can actually manipulate your thoughts. So do you think they're actually shape-shifting or doing what you're saying, manipulating your thoughts, making you see what they want you to see, like by projecting? You know, all of the, I think all of the above, Michelle. It would so, be hard to shape-shift, I would think. So it was, it was years ago, and it was after the Blue Beings, and I had written the book, 
And mm-hmm. I had a dream. I had a dream, very strange dream where Travis Walton comes to me in a dream and he says, if you can phase or pulse your mitochondrial DNA, you can in effect shapeshift. Ah. I mean, who, who has dreams about mitochondrial DNA? You know, <laughs> there's dreams about Travis Walton. <laughs> Oh, no. I like, oh my gosh, did that just unbelievable. You know? <laughs> it's like Travis. Oh my yeah. gosh. I thought, oh my was, gosh. I thought it was really, really cool, actually. Um, but so get this there's this particular ship, doesn't show up all the time, usually mm-hmm. shows up. I can usually get it to power up. I think I figured out, I think I figured out who it is. Okay. Okay, you'll never guess. But I believe it's me in another concentric multidimensional self in the quantum hologram matrix. Okay. So, and, and what makes you think that? Like, what's your, your theory? I, I, well, what I do believe, and this is just one of my theories, can't prove it, but yeah. I, do, I do believe that we have a God self or a soul. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think most of us can believe that. Much like a shadow self. Yeah, and that, and that it's omnipotent, just like right. God is, Okay. So mm-hmm. if it's omnipotent, that means it exists in all dimensions simultaneously. So if that's mm-hmm. true, then a part of us exists in all dimensions simultaneously. So right. I believe one of my higher concentric multidimensional selves. Like a bleed through? Yeah, ha- has its own transdimensional space-time vehicle and flies mm-hmm. around me and pulses for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, I, you know, do I need to be fit for a straitjacket? Possibly. I, I wouldn't know. rule. I wouldn't rule that out, but I believe that's what it is, and it doesn't always happen. To be quite honest with you, but most of the time, especially on a clear night, it almost always does. I've seen it on occasion, um, in one specific spot not far from here, where I've been driving down. You know, usually it's quiet in, in the evening, and I just I'll just look up and say, "Where are you?" And I'll see a big light go poof, poof, <laughs> and I'm like, "Thank you." doesn't happen every time I ask, you know, but it's happened. I've seen phenomenal things in the sky, like phenomenal things, um, you know, like just like a half moon almost. Uh, I was given a vision a few years ago of, of, of this, this with this portal behind me, not specifically about that, but I remember looking back and seeing this. Uh, it was all pastels, huge, just electrifying. And uh, driving one night... And the person I was with, like, I don't see it. I'm like, how the hell can you miss this freaking thing? It's a giant, you know? <laughs> and then it just went, just like gone, just like, just like that. And I'm just like, well, shit. <laughs> that was pretty damn impressive, you know? So I do believe there are just incredible things happening. And, but maybe not everyone is meant to see it. He's looking around going, I do not see this. And I'm like, you are driving right the hell into it. <laughs> Except it's up here. But I mean, you were you were driving straight towards this thing. So, so to your point, um, it was back in the day when I worked for Michelle. And there was uh, another one of my competitors that was maybe a couple hundred yards away. Right. And so very, very often, he would piggyback my group. Okay. Right. So we're using lasers. And the thing with the lasers, you don't point at anything because I've made mistakes. That's for sure. Right. It, sometimes it's easy to mistake a plane for a UFO. 
So when a plane is flying straight at you or straight away from you, they don't want a laser in there. <laughs> you can't see the the lights because right. they flash out. You right. see what I'm saying? So if it's flying straight at you. You don't see the flashing lights until it gets right up on you. And right. so my rule, which I learned from Michelle, don't point at anything, point under it. And then we know to look above it. So right. there's a number of nights where we're out there and I got my group and I'm always big on, did you see something? Say yes or say no. Yes. Okay. Well, we all agree. You know, I want it to be right. abundantly clear. Do we all agree? We all just saw something. Yes or no? Yes. How come the group next to us didn't see anything? How come we did not see them shooting their lasers? You have to allow that to soak in. That right. what we saw, we saw, and they did not. Right. Now, 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 here's a whole new, you know, avenue of questions that you can go down. Um, but it's like, were we at a certain vibration frequency that they were not at? Possibly. Did, did they up there put us in that vibration frequency so that mm -hmm. we could see them, but mm -hmm. so that they could not? Right. You know, I mean, all, all these questions, more questions than answers, obviously. But, you know, and I'm like, folks, you really need to let that soak in what happened. Right. You know, it's a learning we, curve. Yeah. Can right. we all agree we saw something? Yes or no? Yes. Right. Well, right. how come they didn't shoot any lasers? You know, right. usually they're piggybacking me, you know. Right. So, why? They, yeah, they didn't see anything. So that's to uh, your point that you were able to see something and you know, your friend was not able to. Yeah, not a chance. Nope. You were at that vibration frequency and that other person was not. It doesn't mean that you have a higher or more powerful vibration frequency. It's just, a, I like to say it's different than the other person's. Right? I think a lot of it's like a mood ring. Because <laughs> if I'm feeling hostile, my vibration is entirely different <laughs> than if I'm feeling all lovable. Anyway, uh, Foxy Joe, Reverend, can I manifest an alien sighting or an encounter? Yes, you can. Absolutely. So this is interesting, all right? I'm not going to use names here, but I was at a UFO conference where I had 71 people in two nights. Now, that's a ton of people, that's for sure. I had to bring in another company. Um, and so we're with this, this guy that supposedly channels these Andromedans, right? And he's going into this old English accent where he's supposedly channeling these Andromedans. But what he was doing, he was doing breath work beforehand. And what people don't understand is that when you do breath work, you can hyperventilate and you can start to see things that are not there. And so I'm pretty confident that that's what he did. And he did it on purpose because as soon as, you know, you go through 15 minutes of breath work, you're on a different, you know, kind of plateau. It's like an ayahuasca you, moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. you can, so you can manifest things that are not there. That's right. for sure. Right. Um, the only right. way to really check yourself is to do it with multiple people. Um, but just basic things, you know, I'm positive that you know how to meditate. So I'm not going to tell you how to meditate, but employ some things that I talked about, mm -hmm. you know, ask permission to see them, uh, make sure you're abundantly clear, love, light and consciousness. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when you beam out there and you don't protect yourself, you can bring you don't know what you can bring in. That's right. for sure. So only of love and light, only loving and benevolent ascended masters, please. I, I ask permission to see you. I invite you in and mm -hmm. don't just do it for five minutes and decide if it works or not. Don't mm -hmm. just do it for a day or a week or so. This right. is something I do. I've been doing every day, you know, basically since I was a child and my mother groomed me to do mm -hmm. this stuff. So we're seeing spirits or extra dimensionals or whatever we're seeing and 
you know, mom knew exactly what to do with me. Right, right. I like Marshall's comment. I've heard that women are already at a higher level of being. <laughs> I'll take that one, Marshall. <laughs> well, and you know, there's some scientific proof in that, actually. Right. That, uh, the, the, the vortexes, they're either male or female. Okay. Right. So the true. male the male energy, it spins mm -hmm. and it comes down clockwise. It's more grounding. Right. right. I'm not saying men are more grounded than women, but the energy is. The well, women's, we're the emotional women. creatures, so we would be a little bit. Okay. So that makes there. sense. It comes down sure. grounding. The female right. energy comes up counterclockwise, and it's more soul expansion, pineal gland activation, and right. creativity. And right. you can measure it. You can measure it with certain instrumentation. And right. believe it or not, everybody, the female energy is a higher vibration frequency than the male energy. There we go. <laughs> so when I, when I go out to the vortexes, I will take people up to this vortex tree, which I mentioned earlier. Right. And what the, the trick is, is to feel the tree, but don't touch it. Right. That's the whole thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Remember, I told you about the scientist and I took him to that right. specific tree and then the trifield magnetometers. Bang, 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 bang. So what I what I try to do to test myself as a psychic, or at least I think I'm psychic, but I test myself as you should if you think you're psychic without using cards and without crutches. But I right. pick one person out of the group. Let's say I have 10 people. I'm going to start first thing in the morning trying to figure out which one of them I'm going to say is going to be able to feel the vortex energy coming out of the tree without right. touching the tree. And right. almost almost every time it's a woman. Right. So to your point, yes, I would have to totally agree. Right. Right. <laughs> there we go. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, rarely, rarely person a man, you know, it's that's right. Very rare. <laughs> oh, you know, getting back to like the breathing and everything else, I, I for myself, I think in experiencers who who have had a pretty regular um, bit of contact, for me, I think you know, I didn't have a lot of recollection for a long time, and because paranormal and UFO, we'll talk about that, you know, when we do the paranormal show, but they do go hand in hand. But when I was ready. Um, it wasn't so skittish because I, I mean, there's something about, you know, something coming into your room at night and it's very intrusive. Right. So when I was ready to be okay, like I started seeing things were happening to me, like things were just running across, like r right over top of the car while I'm driving. <laughs> oh, it's crazy big. I'm like, was that a freaking deer? It was huge. All iridescent. Like it was up higher than, than the stop sign. And I'm just like, you know, we both looked at each other and he goes, did you see them? I'm like, thank God I thought it was just me. <laughs> and I was just losing my mind. <laughs> so nobody wants to be that guy and talk about it and be the first one, right? But then there were things that started like floating, like little triangle cube things over the, the vehicle one night. And I just finally said, and I just put it out there, just telepathically. I said, okay, I'm more, I'm more than ready for this. And holy crud, did the floodgates open, experiences in the house, uh, you know, like like we've had something like an energy blast just go right through the whole house, hit the, the neighbor's house, devastated the side of the house. And the whole, we had the, the walls in our home at the time were three feet thick. So it shot through after it hit her house, shot through one set of windows in the dining room, shook the windows. These are from like 18, like 75. I'm like, please don't break the windows. Please don't break the windows. And shot across the room through the other windows in the other room and shook those as well. 
And we just sat there looking at each other going, I have nothing. <laughs> I don't know. But things like this started going. Beams of light through the house. There was E.T. in the house. I just looked right at it one night. Just kind of went, nope. And rolled over. <laughs> I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so I don't know. I think if you're really ready and you put it out there, at least if you're an experiencer or a contactee, I, I don't know that it would work the same, um, you know, for somebody who maybe has a recollection or somebody who just has never had an experience, which is where somebody like yourself who can come in and teach people how to do it, you know, because you have to be careful with the breathing thing. I think it's great, but it's like you say, you can almost hyperventilate or start seeing mm. like, like ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, this this particular individual that was doing the CE5 at this event, he went immediately from the breath work into what do you see now? And I'm right. like, I, I didn't think that was the appropriate way to do it. I think right. that they needed at least a five minute cool down period to come right. back, to come back into self. Right. Breath, where breath work can take you places, that's for sure. Right. You know? And then, you know, I do what I call a galactivation. Okay. So, What's that like? Activation with a G. Is it like I, a pre-program or a reprogram? I can go <laughs> activate, and I can't do it for everybody, but I can go right. activate people so that they can see spirit, so that they can see UFOs. But it's something you got to be very, very careful with. And most people, when I explain to them that I can do it, and it, it scares them. And if it scares them in any way whatsoever, I won't try. Because mm -hmm. if you're afraid, you're not confident that you're protected. You're not, you're going to bring something in that's less than love and less than light. Right. So my girlfriend who just moved in with me a few weeks ago, I galactivated her and I, I've had to teach her how to turn it off. Right. You know, like she's yeah. seen stuff like, like too much and it's starting to freak her out. Uh, it's, it's kind of like information overload at first. So sometimes you have to start off yeah. with baby steps, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and she's, she's learning how to hone it, hone it in. Right. And, and kind of discipline her own self within her own thoughts and spirituality right. to, to just kind of tone it down. And I told her, I said, I have to turn it off sometimes because it happens all the time. It does, whether I try to or not. Then right. if I try to, it happens that much more vivaciously. I see more stuff. It becomes more vivid. Um, right. But I can I can sit in a room with certain people and I can start to show them, look. Can you see that? And they mm -hmm. all very often like to sit in the corners. They love the corners of your house, like right. up at the ceiling in the corner. And so who is one of our most powerful guardian angels that we have? It's us in a right. higher dimension. So they know all about us. We don't know a whole lot about them, mm -hmm. but they, we are very important to them because what we do affects them in that other concentric dimension. So it's the whole, we are you, you are us, we are one. Yes, that, yeah. plays, that plays in exactly what I'm saying. Right. Um, so, yeah, so who's perhaps one of, if not my most powerful guardian angels? It's me. It's me. It's me in a higher dimension. Right, right. <laughs> it's wiggy, but people, I think people have uh, have difficulty in, in understanding that we are really powerful beings and we can do incredible things. Um you know, I, th I think we just have to put aside that fear and the doubt and stop questioning ourselves 
and just, I was, like I say, jump in with both feet and enjoy the ride. <laughs> you know, it's the easiest way that I found it on yeah. many levels. I mean, I've been in this, I've been in the field of high strangers for 20 years and doing media for 20 years and television and all sorts of things. And I never went looking for it. It found me and boy, have I been learning. I never, I like to say I'm a student. I don't think, you know, I don't really believe much in experts, but I'm a student and I just, I'm like a sponge. Every time a guest such as yourself comes on, I just sit there and absorb because it's, it's it's all about learning, right? That's part of your evolution. It is. So it was uh, sometime last year, and I'm taking my group up to the vortex tree, and I pick out a lady, and I was right. I've only been wrong twice in six years. Right. And the two times I was wrong, the and it was ladies. They're like, I'm so spiritual. I see spirit. I you know I feel energy. I'm a total empath. Right. And they and they couldn't feel the tree, but this particular lady. You know, she does like psychic workshops around the country. So right. now all of a sudden I'm the student on my own tour and right. we're up the vortex tree. And she's like, well, I'm saying, put your hand in this area. And she's like, right. well, yeah, but this is where you want to start. This is the heart of the tree. Right. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And I put, and I've never really put my hand in that spot before. And she was Maybe totally it right. Around. Maybe yeah. it moves around. And, and in my mind, she was totally right. Right. So I start at the heart of the tree and then move them over to this branch that's completely twisted like a piece of licorice or a pretzel. Right. And, and between the two spots, they feel something almost always. And a, a good way to explain it is like, remember the old tube TVs? Right. Yes. Coming off of them without touching them. That's very yeah. often what people feel. Um, but it was the other day and I had a small group and I, I only had two people and right. I'm, I have two people. I'm like, I don't know if I want to bring it up, but I'm like, yes, I'm going to pick the guy's wife. <clears throat> and I'm like, are you empathic? And she's like, well, kind of. I'm like, here, come with me. I'm either right or I'm wrong. So we get up right. to the tree. She's like, I don't really feel anything. <laughs> I'm like, you don't feel anything. She's like, no, I, I really, I really it's, it's wiggy when that happens. And, and then her husband, I'm like, Hey hubby, what does, is she okay? <laughs> He's like, she she does that when she feels something. So it's funny. She didn't physically feel anything with her hands, but I'm watching her do this, and I'm like, because it's pulling at the core. I've seen people do that near so cool. <laughs> near vortexes or or ley lines, and they start they stand up straight and they start bending like this, and they don't realize that they're they're on a side. They're like, I don't feel anything, and I look at them and I go like this. <laughs> and then they, they look down and realize they're getting closer to the ground. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen when they're like, literally like they're not, they're not even bent over. It's like they're straight and they're completely being pulled. It's fantastic. Like energy pulling energy. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So same kind of thing, but uh, the, it was, I've never, I've seen it a couple times, but the lady just, Kind of wobbling. That's That's she's, she's like trying to get her bearing straight, and um, she's like, yeah. "I just completely lost my entire equilibrium." Right there. Oh, right. She's like, are you, "Are you okay?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm fine. Just what? What just happened to me?" That's, like, that's an I'm energy like, thing. That, and that's... I, yeah, I try to explain to people that the vortex energy affects different people differently, 
And that's yeah. the way that it affected you. It's not a negative thing. It's right. just the way that, you, that you reacted to it. And I'm like, I, I think you should think of it as something incredibly positive. Right. And, and she did. Right. She did. Um, I'm going to show a couple of photos um, as yeah. we are slowly hitting the top of the hour. And I wanted to, to share them because you sent them. So here's one. Can you? There. Okay. So this is really trippy. So um, I have, I, I have the recording and I tried to send this to you, but it would not send. Oh. And we see a ship and we see it power up. Mm-hmm. And then the ship vanishes, but then we see this spectrum of color. Now, I don't exactly know how to explain that. Now, your right. skeptic will say it has some something to do with the with the camera. So what I'm doing is I'm literally putting my iPhone camera up to uh, the eyepiece on my night vision goggles. Right. And that's how I get these recordings. Now, you know, if you want to spend 10 grand, which I don't have an extra, well, I do, but I mean... I don't want to spend 10 grand on the full kit. Right. You know, right. Because I can I can get these these videos just like this. But anyway, the ship powering up turned into that and then vanished. And that's and so I was like, I can't send the video. It's not allowing me to send a video. So I'll just send a, a still photo of it. It's still pretty cool, nonetheless. Yeah, it's totally I love cool. I love it. Um, next one is this one right here. Bear with me, and I will put this one up as well. Ah, uh, bam, bam, bam. Gosh, okay. There we go. Okay, so I'll be very honest. This is not my photo. A friend okay. of mine, a friend of mine, sent that to me, and he's like, "Dude, it looks like a, it looks like a face. It looks like the face of perhaps even a gray alien or something." But he saw it in the sky, and if you live in Sedona long enough and you believe. Um, you'll see stuff like this. You absolutely will. A couple right. years ago, we saw a massive UFO fly right down the main street in town. Everybody saw it. Wow. Every, everybody took pictures of it. It was massive. It was changing color. It was changing shape. It, mm -hmm. wanted, it wanted to be seen. It wanted to be photographed. Mm -hmm. It was up there for over 20 minutes. Right. Yeah, I mean that kind of thing. It happens here. It absolutely does, and I think that the the veil well the veil is only something that you create. So if you've created a veil, well, guess what? There's a veil. It blinds right. you. So right. why create a veil? Allow right. yourself to be able to look into these other dimensions. Just protect yourself before you do anything like that. Um, right. One thing I, one thing I did want to play for you. Okay. Uh, I guess we have what, like 10 minutes or something, but I wanted to play. Uh, yeah, before. go ahead. Um, anyway, so I'm out by Bradshaw Ranch, our area 51. So beyond Skinwalker, season one, episode one. Uh, season one, episode five is part two, talks about the wormhole or the portal, the Stargate that we have, and the Andy Bustamante, the CIA operative that was uh heading up the investigation at Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. That same team of scientists came down here and they found the tunnel system where the bases supposedly are between here and Phoenix. And they're called domes, deep underground military bases. And they found it through ground penetrating radar. And it goes, <laughs> it goes right through the portal at Bradshaw Ranch. And underneath the portal, they found high concentrations of radon 
And where there is radon, there is uranium. And coming out of this portal or whatever it is, uh, is a 1.6 gigahertz signal, which is used exclusively by black ops military for interstellar communications. Mm -hmm. And this tunnel system went right under that. So I'm halfway close to this area. We're right. doing we're doing UFO and we see this massive ship fly overhead and something jumps in over the audio. So you heard on the first video that I played for yes. you out of Albuquerque. Yes. You can hear me narrating as I'm, right. I'm just normal human reaction of right. So you hear me, you hear me talking, and then it morphs into something else. Something jumped in over the recording, and right. Tom Don, Tom Dongo, who helped make Bradshaw Ranch famous back in the 1990s, um, he's the one I gave this recording to, and he gave it to Stanford University. I'm going to allege that he did because I wasn't there, but he did, and he said they would never get back with him. But anyway, okay. this is this is it. Okay. Hear the tachyon field. You can bend space time with that. This this goes on for some time. So let me fast forward it to the end. And you can hear it morph back into real time. checking us out too so take step backwards so we're doing ufo see a massive mothership or whatever it is fly over our heads and you hear me say the propulsion field is massive and mm -hmm. it flies over our heads and then none none of us heard any of that recording i just played for you right people could hear me talking but they couldn't hear anything else and then something jumped in over the recording and you could hear the tachyon field though so if you know how to manipulate sound, you can manipulate time also. Wow. And so that's what I believe that they did something to that effect. But it took me two days to even realize I got that that audio recording because right. none of us heard anything. None of us. And you heard at the end, it sounded kind of confrontational. Yeah. You could clearly yeah. hear two beings or whatever they were. And to me, one was uh, a praying mantis. And one was a Lyran. The Lyrans are these lion beings that come from Sirius. And they're like these guardian protectors. They're very loving and benevolent, mm -hmm. but they are guardian protectors. Like they'll chew your head off if right. you try to hurt somebody. It's it's, it's interesting with it because it almost had that, that raptor tone to it. I was just yes, like. Totally. It's only like predator kind of. A little bit. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very um, interesting. Yeah, totally interesting. And I play this, I play this at all my presentations. I play it as much as possible. 
Right. Um, right. And anyway, but that that should have that should have gone viral too. Had a lot of leave nameless. Now I don't even want to explain it. But that, that no, it's that, that requires a lot more attention than it has gotten. That's for sure. No, absolutely. I am just really thrilled that you came on and shared um, your evening with us. And big thank you to your significant other for sharing you <laughs> with us all. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to the next show. And of, of course, you know, after this show, I, I'm thinking we might be able to squeak in a, a Mount Shasta or, or get into even, sure. even more about... Um, you know, your Yahweh book, which is also really fascinating um, with that whole respect and, and, and theory. But our listeners love it. We've had people have their own versions of it. And, you know, you, you got, you, you've got your lovers and your haters. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it kind of goes two ways. I had a phenomenal guest on the show last week and we got talking about hybrids and, and um, you know, Christianity and so on. And I said, well, you know, you've got this incredible, you know, creator who is all of this and such. And you've got Mother Mary, which might make Jesus be a hybrid. And he sort of looked at me and, <laughs> and went, yes. I was like, okay. I say it with all love. <laughs> You know, but but it, it is just, it is a really fine blend of things. So, but this is a part of the show where please promote yourself. Um, I'm going to put this up because this is something that you have coming up very soon. Um, okay, and go. <laughs> um, okay, to be honest with you, that's that's from last year. Okay. That's from last year, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna juice my good friend Suzanne Ross. She's in the upper right hand corner. So this is this is her event, not mine. But okay. I'm, I'm the UFO guy and George Nuri from Coast to Coast AM and Ancient mm -hmm. Aliens. Right. He was there. He was there. William Henry, who was uh, you know a permanent fixture on Ancient Aliens. He was the keynote speaker. Maureen oh, Brad Olson. Yeah. Brad Olson. He's one of my He's best. Been on the show. Is he been on the show a few times? It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. yeah. He can tell you some stories about us going out to Area 51 and all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. Those pictographs, UFOs. Right. Um, he, he stays at my house when he comes here. Right. Well, he probably did a radio show with us while he was at your house one time, actually. <laughs> He probably did. He's constantly on on yeah. podcasts, videos, all, oh, yeah. all of the above. Yeah, and, he's a know, lot of fun. CC Publishing. He's written eleven books and won five awards. Oh, um, absolutely. He's covered all. Yeah, three went of to Antarctica. Books. Yeah, and he's yeah. in Laos. Right, I think he's in Laos right now. So <laughs> he's he's a he's a world traveler. Also, he is. Yeah, yeah. and then. Yeah. Uh, uh, Desiree and JJ Hertak, they were at that conference last year. Maureen mm -hmm. St. Germain, she uh, teaches remote viewing around the world. And she, right. she lives about 25 miles from my house. And whenever she does her remote viewing retreats, I'm the mm -hmm. UFO guy for her too. But right. anyway, yeah, and you see Billy Carson at the bottom, mm -hmm. uh, James yeah. Von Braw. Um, anyway, but yeah, Suzanne Ross, she is the biggest conference organizer in Sedona period and uh, been a good friend of mine 
Um, let me tell you real quick before we go how I met her. So yes. she was doing research on Bible aliens and right. um, her friend came in from out of town and she wanted to get a psychic reading. So they go to this place called Crystal Magic right. and her friend wanted a psychic reading. So she's like, I'm just going to buy a book and go sit in the car because you're going to be there for an hour. So right. she, she walks to the book section and my book, Yahweh, the biblical God is an alien pops out by her foot. Right. And she, she wasn't going to bend down and crawl around on the floor looking for a book at the bottom shelf. It popped right. out. She pulls it out and it fit right into all her research. And this was before I moved to Sedona. Right. And, and she contacts me and says, hey, I found your book. And this this plays into all my research I've been doing recently. I want to interview you. And that's how I met her. And and I and uh, so I call Crystal Magic and I say, you know, my name is Reverend John Polk. You know, a friend of mine purchased my mm. book through your store. How did you find out about me? And the lady who picked up the phone said, I've never heard of you. And the title of your book, I would have definitely remembered. I have no idea who you are. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that book was never sold through this store. I'm the one who buys the books. I'm the one who sells the books. Right. And so, and it's all on the computer. You're not in the computer. I have no idea who you are. That's so, interesting. So right. I call you. I call Suzanne and I'm like, Suzanne, you know what? I, I know you're not lying. You know, right. what do you think happened? She's like, Sedona. It's Sedona. Things like that happen here. And yeah. we were we we're meant to know each other and work with each other. And yeah, so the universe always finds a way or the powers that be always find a way. So I I love that. I really do. So yeah. <laughs> would you have coming up more tours? Maybe plug your website. Anything else you want us to know? Okay, johnpolktours.com. Um, you know, and most people will not do this. I give out my phone number. I prefer phone calls. Right. You know, you go on my website, you can find my email, which is mm -hmm. jpolktours at gmail.com. Um, mm -hmm. Communicate with me any way that you want. But my phone number is 407 924 8857. It's a Florida number, so don't let that throw you off. And right. call, me, call me or text me if you want. Even if you're an experiencer and you just want to talk to somebody, I, I like to talk to experiencers. They need somebody to talk to. They need somebody who understands what's happened to them. Mm -hmm. That's right. why my girlfriend and I fell in love with each other so quickly is because nobody believed her. Especially, <laughs> especially her family. You know, <laughs> yeah. What'd you go do now? <laughs> yeah, I know. I love it, and I'm looking forward to to our next talk, which is going to be March the sixth. And I look forward to it. I have it in my calendar. Excellent. And yeah, we'll have another. You know, ex soul soul expanding, uh, mind teetering escapade across the cosmos. <laughs> and that's what I love about it. <laughs> So thank you. And I will be in touch and I will get you links and so on. And, uh, and um, we'll go from there. All right. Hey, you, like we had our phone conversation a couple months ago. Yeah. I knew you, I knew you knew how to interview me because some, you know, I love all the hosts out there, but some people, they're just not sure what questions to ask me. But per our conversation a couple months ago, I'm like, Michelle knows exactly how to interview me. She'll ask all the right questions and it'll be fun. We're just going to have a conversation. And, and that's, that's and all it is. That's yeah. all it is. It's just round table. Have a few laughs. Everything is just right off the cuff. And yeah, that, that's what I love about it. I just, I don't want something that's so traditional that everybody asks the same thing. I just want it to be like, we're just, 
having, you know, a, a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, whatever the case may be, and just jamming <laughs> ideas around. <laughs> yeah, so, it, it was great. Uh, you, you and your crew do a, a very professional job and thank um, you. privileged to be on your show and look forward to March 6th. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it as well. So have yourself a terrific week and weekend. And I'll be in touch probably tonight or tomorrow with all the links and such as they get put up. All right. Thank all you. Right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Good night now. Well, guys, we have come to the end of another fantastic segment. That was quite an eye opener as I knew it would be. And uh, love the video. Pictures were awesome. But big thank you to John Polk for coming on to the show. It's always nice to spend time with people who, who have incredible stories to tell and, and love to share their experiences with the rest of us. Also, big thank you to Folgers Coffee for sponsoring tonight's show. Big thank you to Justin Snicker and Steve McGinnis. We appreciate you so very much. Tomorrow night, we are going to have our very first open night of 2024. So open mic night, guys. So anything goes, conversation, we hang out and we just... Have a good time, and hopefully Amelia will be here to join me as well. Never the same without her. So until then, enjoy the rest of your evening. Have a great day tomorrow, and we shall see you tomorrow evening. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>